Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Farm Wives podcast. Podcast, not broadcast. <laughs> I am Kelly McCormick. And I am Carolyn Reed. And after our last podcast episode, <laughs> I I was a little leery about what topic to talk about. <laughs> People have come up to me and said, I listened to your podcast and this look of total fear comes into my eyes. <laughs> like it's people that go to church with, you know, they're like, I listened to your podcast and I'm like, oh, the, the, the latest one? <laughs> which, which one did you get? <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh. yeah. But I've had the people that have approached me and have listened to it. It was all positive. They yes. were like, it was hilarious. Yes. They yes. were dying laughing. It, yes, yes. So. It was totally truthful. And and it's it's very representative of what we talk about on a daily basis. <laughs> so it was truly, truly unfiltered. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I was thinking it was like, so should we just start out and be like, let's talk about vaginas and butts tonight. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Whenever people come up and are like, oh, I listened to the podcast and I'm like, oh, so are you coming up to me to talk about farts coming up the front of your underwear too? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a good way to keep us on our toes when people come to approach us about this. Or just not go out in public again. Like I have this, I have this really great podcast, but now I have isolated myself from every member of our community because I don't want to talk about it with people I know. <laughs> We're, we're remaining anonymous. Yes, right. yes. We should, we should have just used different names. <laughs> yeah. So nobody knew us. <laughs> nobody would have known. Yes. But. Oh, speaking of which, so my sister, Karen, messaged this week, and she's like, there's a women's landowner group that she's a part of, and she was like, they were wondering if you would come and speak at the at the March meeting. And all I could think of was like... About farts going up the front of your underwear, like, are, like if they truly listened, these women have they listened to the podcast that they would actually want me there? Because I'm thinking not. Maybe did did they approach you because of the podcast? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I would be a little leery. Of that. <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Schedule wise, it it doesn't work out. But yeah, I'm like, I I don't really. Maybe you should listen to the latest one and then take a vote on if I'm really someone you want to like share a meal with and hear from. <laughs> Actually, there's probably a million of them. They're like, yes, we want her at our table. We want to hear what else she knows. <laughs> what is she not saying? <laughs> yes. What is she not broadcasting on her podcast? <laughs> that uh, that old uh, Steel Magnolias quote. Do you, how does that go? It's Dolly Parton, you know what they say. You don't have anything good to say about anybody. Come sit by me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So your sports schedule has been a lot more hectic than mine has lately. <laughs> We're in full tournament mode right now. Colby's playing junior high volleyball, as you know, and then she also plays on a high school club team, which is at the same time as the as the the junior high school schedule so bless nick's heart bless nick's heart the last couple of weekends we've had to play a school tournament on saturday morning and afternoon and then last week he took off immediately after her last game and drove her over to indianapolis where she played a club tournament at the lucas oil dome and then yesterday we had a tournament and immediately afterwards he took off driving to paducah kentucky for a tournament Next weekend, we're in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's one of those things where he's like, what hotel am I, what hotel are we staying at? What hotel am I heading to? And I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> he said, when I get home, I'll look it up and I'll send you a screen capture. Just start <laughs> heading to Paducah. <laughs> I don't know how you keep it straight. Well, we don't. We don't. It's pretty. It's it's pretty feral. It's pretty. We're just out here raw dog in life, try, hoping <laughs> hoping we show up at the same at where we're supposed to. You know, when we're supposed to. So, but yeah, it's it's we're in survival mode completely right now. We don't even have that schedule, and I will triple check games. Like, am I going to the right school? Am I going to the right place? Because I've showed up at the wrong school before. I have to. And then I'm like. I walk in, I pay, and I'm standing there. I'm like, I don't recognize any of these players. <laughs> and then I was like, well, lo looking in the stands, and I'm like, 
I'm at the wrong school. How did yeah. I get to the wrong school? So then I'm panicking, looking through the calendar, and oh, it's at the high school, not the grade school, or vice versa. Yes. And yeah, because I'm the same way. I'm just like, oh, games here. I'm just gonna head in that direction. We'll we'll figure it out. It all so. works out. It does. It does. I'm it really find my way does. eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It this the last few. I would say I'm an, I'm just gonna just dive right into it. I would say like the last eight to 10 weeks of our life has probably been one of the, one of the most frantic, like I said, like survival mode. I call it like schedule Tetris, <laughs> not even scheduled Tetris, just like in the moment, like where does this task, where does this to do, where does this event we have to be at fit and trying <laughs> to fit it in there. As you know, like shortly before Christmas, I went back to work full time and it's a combination of a few, like at the few months prior, I, or for the summer, I left my previous job at the beginning of the summer. And so we had a good several months of like me just being at home and running the kids everywhere and supper being ready at, you know, Five thirty, six o'clock when Nick got home and chores being done and all the laundry's done and the house was clean and, you know, all of that. And so I went back to work and, and, and I do love the job. I love the team and everything. However, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but the demands on the time, it, it, it's how do I, it's frantic. It's just frantic. I mean, it has been 12, 14 hour days. It has been working weekends. It has been in, insane in so many ways. It has just really, really made Nick and I take a step back and say, okay, <laughs> is this what our family needs right now? Is this what we need as a couple? Is this what you know, our, our, just our life needs right now. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're really, I mean, we're really trying to figure out here long-term if, if this is, I don't, I can't even articulate it, just what's best for us, honestly, because when you're in that franticness and when you're, and it's, and that's the only way I can just describe it is franticness. There's the task list is just unending. And I like to work. I love to work. I like to master like disorganization and chaos and, and all of that stuff. And do I think it'll get there? Absolutely. But do I also think knowing what I know two, three months in that it's going to take longer than just eight weeks to get it there? Yeah. I mean, I, Nick and I have had that conversation. He's like, well, do you think that do you think you can get it organized? Do you think you can, you know, get it to where it's, you know, a well-oiled machine? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I, I, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel at this moment. So do you think part of it is not only being thrown into this position and going from, like you said, staying home all the time and having, you made your own schedule, did whatever, but not only that, but like you and I have discussed come January 1st, it's, it's hell week with sports. Like yeah. you are thrown into everything. Like leading up to, like for me even, like our life was pretty la di da da And then come January, it's just nonstop. And then yeah. trying to juggle that and going from being home and now you're working full yeah. time too. Yeah. And I tried to explain that, you know, and, and she got it. I, my boss, the girl who owns the company, I, I have a lot of respect for her. I mean, she has built a hell of a company in, in digital marketing, which is what my background is in. And, and I love the work that we're doing and everything. But what I've explained to her is I'm like, I don't have the margin in my schedule any other time in my life you know, like in my twenties, you know, even, even when the kids were young and they went to bed at seven, seven thirty, I had the margin in my life to say, okay, now I'm going to go and sit and work for two or three more hours and, and, you know, get this going in the direction that I want it to go. And I don't have that now. Mm-hmm. I don't have that now. And, you know, whether it's, you know, it, this, this week, you know, classic example, Monday and Tuesday, Max has basketball games, Wednesday, Colby has volleyball practice straight after school and then we take her to club volleyball practice 20 minutes away and she's there till 8 30 thursday max has a game friday we're leaving for milwaukee for club volleyball i don't have the margin in my schedule to be able to eat the extra time that i feel like is needed in order to to get things moving in the direction that i want them to go Mm -hmm. and that's hard for me because i i like to work I, I'm a, I, I think I have an excellent work ethic. 
I like to master things. I like to be, I like to be the know-it-all on the team. I do. <laughs> who, who doesn't though? Who likes to not, doesn't like to know everything? I mean. I, I like, I like it when people are like, hey Kelly, how did you do this? You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And so it's really, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster for me right now. And almost a little bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. because I'm like, I can't do this right now. Like I cannot give the time and attention that is needed to turn the ship around in this job that I took on that needs to be done in the way that I think it needs to be done. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been getting up at five, five thirty in the morning and going straight to my office and working and, and, you know, Friday night work till six, 634 is when I finally shut it down. And once again, bless Nick's heart because he's just like, whereas for how many months he was used to coming home to a full supper made Mm -hmm. and he just walks in now and is like, what do you want for supper? And he just automatically takes over and helps. But I don't want to be that person either. You know, I don't, I don't want that either. Right. And like I was, you know, I can't remember what the quote is, you know, if you want something, you make the time for it or whatever. But I also think that when you reach our age, yes, there are things I could give up to make the time for these things, but I'm not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Them. So you could, you could have the time, but you're just going to miss all your kids games. Yes, exactly. You know, you just aren't going to be able to show up like you want to show up in yeah. your life. And so for me on a completely different level, like everyone always asks me, are you ever going to run a full marathon again? Are you ever going to? And I'm like, I don't have the time for it right now. And I said, you know, it's something I would love to do, but I'm not willing to sacrifice the things I want to give to my kids right now to do that. Yeah. You know, and it's, but like you said, it's this feeling of like an identity crisis because I've always been a runner. That's all I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And now I can't do it. I have no time. And so I feel very lost because I can't do that. Yeah. So, which is on a totally different level than what you're talking about, but I understand where you're coming from. And it's just about, you have to prioritize what, what means more to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I absolutely curse, curse, curse the feminist phrase, you know, you can have it all. I can bring home the bacon and I can fry Mm -hmm. it up in the pan. Do I think in life can, you know, women have it all? Yes, but not at the same time. You can be very, very career driven in your 20s when you have, and I was, you know, like my very first day at Deer, I raised my hand and said, how do you get an international assignment? Send me, send me, Mm -hmm. you know, I will go anywhere, you know, et cetera. But 20 years later, that is not my life. And, you know, the old, there's a Jackie Onassis, you know, had the quote, if you bungle up raising your kids, what else have you really accomplished in life? You know, and, and so that's my priority right now. And yes, you know, like I'm sure, you know, and I know some people have nannies and they run them, you know, they run their kids everywhere. I don't, I'm not that person. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hiring somebody to take my kids to practice, to pick them up, etc. I enjoy picking my kids up from school. I really, really do. It is a priority for me every single day to go in and pick up my kids from school. And I schedule out on my calendar from 2.30 to 3.15 every day. Nobody can schedule a meeting so that I can go and pick up my kids from school. So I have found that drive, that's when they talk to you. Yes, that's yes. That's when they talk to you. Absolutely. Because by the time they get home, they're hungry and they want to eat. And then if they have chores, they're doing those. And then their kids, they're older, they have their own things they want to do or they're wanting to hang with their friends or whatever. So that little car ride right there, I try to pack in as much information as I can. And yeah. I listen to everything they tell me about their day because sometimes that's all I hear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. <clears throat> and it's super funny too. Both of the kids have said to me separately, I hate your job, mom. I mm-hmm. absolutely hate your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I think I, I mean, we know what we need to do. We know that it's, it's not working for us as a family right now, but gosh, man, I just like, there's just this part of me, you know, that has to, that wants to, you know, beat it. I want to beat right. it. I want it's to. The, it's the, you pers- on a personal yes. level, you want to have that accomplishment. Yes. And you're being pulled in all these directions, but you don't want to give up. Yes. Because 
Yes. Because you don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you conquer it. You tackle it and yes. you become the master of yeah. it. Yeah. One of my best friend friends growing up is a guy by the name of Eric. And before Nick and I got married, Eric, Eric was like a brother. Like, I don't remember not ever knowing Eric. You know, we grew up in church and everything. And he's always been, he was my older sister's age. And so he's always just a bit of a big brother. And he was always this wise soul and gave me excellent counsel and career. He, he knows enough to be a pastor. And so if it's theology, I can turn to Eric, you know, and when, as you know, when Max was first born, he was really sick his first Mm -hmm. year. And at the time I was working for GSI and Nick and I made the decision for me to leave my job at GSI and for me to stay home with Max because he didn't need to be around (laughs) horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't need to be at my house with all the germs. He didn't need to be there. And and Carolyn has a phenomenally clean house. But what we learned later is that he had something called, he was IgG deficient. He had an immunity problem and he, like he had RSV constantly his first year. And I remember being in the kitchen one day and I was emailing back and forth with Eric because that was before you texted and, Mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff. And I told him like Eric wasn't married yet. And he, from a very young age, knew that he wanted a traditional wife. He did not want a career wife. He's like, I will work three jobs if I have to for my wife to be a stay-at-home wife. And so I messaged him. But on the other hand, too, he liked very smart women. Mm -hmm. And so we always had this conversation that he was going to have a really difficult time finding this Harvard-educated, you know, intelligent (laughs) woman to be a stay-at-home wife, which he did end up finding. His (laughs) wife is great. But anyway, I emailed him that one day, and I said, I, you know, I was just having a really, really bad day at home, horrible day at home. And I said to him, I'm like, Eric, someday you're going to find this wonderfully smart woman who, you know, challenges you mentally and, and you have great deep conversations with and everything. But what I want you to know is that she's going to struggle, you know, there's going to be days where she's going to miss the, the conference room, the making decisions, the meetings, the, you know, that feeling of, of, you know, collaboration with other people, et cetera. And he emailed me back a couple of sentences that probably trained, changed my life in, and, and he doesn't even remember sending it. He doesn't, he, he, I've said to him once and I've shared this like with so many people and he's like, I don't even remember ma- emailing that. <laughs> As most profound statements go. Yeah. You never know what you're going to say that'll back somebody. <laughs> It was, clearly he did not. It was like God speaking through him and he like, you know, doesn't remember it. But he's like, Kelly, never trade the short term thrill of accolades and achievement for the long term goal of a successful marriage and well adjusted, productive Christian children. Yeah. And darn it, I just got emotional. I hate being emotional. <laughs> not an emotional person at all and why are you friends with me because i am highly emotional i cry over everything i do not nick's term of endearment for me is he calls me joseph stalin because he's like you're so emotionless and he tells the kids he's like kids your mother's greatest asset is also her worst she can shut off all emotion as needed i I can't so maybe you need to teach me your ways i cry over everything sad commercial i i almost teared up when you started reading that because i remember the first time you read it to me and you know i had made of course i've made the decision to stay home with my kids i do daycare out of my home and stuff like that but also like you there's this pull where i want to i want to feel like i'm doing something more sometimes because sometimes i feel like all i do is just chase kids around all day and I'm like where's the whatever and when you've told me that before I'm like nope I'm doing yeah I'm doing good things here this is where you know I need to be right I share that with everybody that what is it no it's just one sentence it's Mm -hmm. just one sentence but it's so profound and important and true it's so true but why do we feel that way like is it our inner like why why do we feel like that's not enough you know what I mean See, and I always like, I wish I could go back in time before the feminist movement ever came and just ask women where it was just expected that the, and did you feel fulfilled with that? Well, obviously not because they started the feminist movement and so many of them fought to work outside the home and do stuff like that. So I think it's just this constant juggling, you know, because I think it's the, you are torn between what your heart wants to do 
and give your your heart to your husband and your kids and build them up. But there's also that part of you that has your own inner drive. And so you're constantly torn between these two identities. You want to be your own person. And I am woman, hear me roar, and I can run a conference meeting. But you also don't want to miss any second with your kids. And you want to be there for them and show up for them in every way possible. Yeah. So, And I don't, I don't know that guys feel that way. No, I don't. I don't think, I think in the same ways that, I mean, I definitely know that Nick has given up. I mean, like one of the reasons he gave up pulling with his own tractor was because he knew he was missing so many things with the kids on the weekends that he Mm -hmm. was gone. And he was like, I mean, he says all the time, he's like, we only have four more years with Colby. She's 14. She's 14. We only have four more years. Are you trying to make me cry? I know. Yes. (laughs) New goal for this pod. I did did mine. Now it's your turn. (laughs) No. So I'm actually reading a book right now. And it's so funny because you and I had been conversing earlier this week about talking about this. And in the book, the dad was, and actually this goes to answer my question, because in this book, the dad felt this way. He was like, for his kids' younger years, he was so busy. He was hardly ever there. And he finally quit his job to stay at home. And he's like, by the time I quit my job to stay home, my one daughter's in college and the other kid's a teenager and they've taught themselves how to live their life without me. And he's like, I missed everything. And now that I'm showing up, they don't need me anymore. And he's like, I'm completely lost now. And I think so many times you, you know, you do, you get so hung up in that you miss the younger years and then you blink and they're gone. Yeah. Like literally they're gone. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and not that you begrudge them that. Of course, you want your kids to grow up and succeed and have their own lives and stuff like that. But sometimes we we fail to we we're so busy making a life we forget the moments that make our life. Yeah, I guess is the way to word it. Yeah, yeah. So. And I just you know you talked about going back in time and and you know asking about that and and I get. Like, I completely get the need to, you know, take care of, of your family. You know, when a husband passes away and there's a mom with kids and, and stuff like that and, and everything. And I do want my daughter to be able to take care of herself financially, you know, you know as needed. But I also want her to be different than me in the fact that, you know, I was raised in the 80s, you know, the 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 yuppie, you know, LA law, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. And the glamour of the, 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 you know, workforce and all of that stuff. And it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous at all, you know. And, you know, I, I want her to be able to take care of herself as needed. But I also want her to be able to to step away and take care of her family once she has one. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm the same exact way. So I have always told everybody that I don't, I don't need Tony. I, I want Tony and I want to raise our kids, but I'm also very confident in my capabilities that I could take care of myself if I have to. I choose not to, you know, I choose to build a life together with him and have kids. And that's what I want to instill in my daughters is the confidence that if I had to do it on my own, I could, but instead I'm going to do something else and build this life with this person and depend on them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. It's scary. I think that, I don't know. I think that for me growing up, it was just pounded into our heads. You know, you, you graduate, you go to college, you have to have a career. You have to have a career. Do not depend on anybody. You need to do it on your own. And it was very much when I chose to do the traditional thing and stay home with my kids, I was, it was almost frowned upon like, Oh, you're just going to stay home. And I'm like, but that's, that's good work. That's hard work too, you know? And I feel like with the whole shift of we must be career driven, we've taken away the importance of what it really means to stay at home with your kids and raise them. Yeah. I think having both parents in, you know, in a marriage and, and, you know, being raised in that way is, is the ultimate flex nowadays for raising kids. I mean, because I mean, just the way of the world right now. So many don't have that. Right. And we all know this, what the statistics say, mm-hmm. you know, the, the likelihood of, you know, depression or drug use or imprisonment, et cetera, when you don't have both of those people present, you know, in your life and more importantly, so in your home. Yep. 
Yeah, whenever Tony and I first got together, it was probably one of the very first conversations we had is I told him, I said, I think it's very important that I stay home with our kids. And he goes, I do too. I don't care what we have to do. We'll make sure that that happens. You know, because both of us grew up in a home where our mothers were both very traditional mothers. Our dads worked outside the home and we wanted that same environment for our kids to grow up in. And I know not everybody can make that decision because of finances or divorce and stuff like that. But it's also one of those statistics don't lie. Yeah, yeah. Nick and I didn't really ever have that conversation. I mean, when we got married, we talked about a lot of things like, you know, religion and, you know, Mm -hmm. just all of those things. But we never had that talk about once we had kids, what that looked like. You know, I'd always worked and they're just, you know, had it never ever dawned on me that it would be different Mm -hmm. and and you know bless his heart as we started having these conversations over the last couple of weeks or so he's just like we're just going to do what we need to do for the family you know Mm -hmm. and so it's a bit of a you know like pivot (laughs) pivot But, you know, yeah, I mean, once again, I'm like, I did right by marrying the man instead of, because I do have friends that, you know, have had situations happen with, you know, their kids or whatever, and their husbands are like, no, you're, you're not staying home with them. You're, Mm -hmm. you you have a degree that would be a waste of a degree. You know, you have a skill set. No, you know. I want the nice house. I want this. I want that or whatever. And, and uh, so I'm so thankful for Nick where he's just like, okay, we're just going to do what we need to do for the family. We'll figure it out as we go. But right now this is not working, you know, between the stress and the schedule. And I mean, I literally sat at Max's basketball game in the principal's office the other night working (laughs) because, you know, I had reports that needed to go out. And, and so I just went in there and worked while the game was going on. And then once I was done, I went back out and watched the game and, and he's like, no, no, no. (laughs) I would. Yeah. I'm with Nick. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I think so many times though, you think you're going to be one way. And oh, yeah. I'm I'm going, you know, I'm going to grow up and do this and this and this. And if you haven't figured this out now by listening to our podcast, hormones change you. <laughs> they completely wreak havoc on your body and they change your what you want emotionally, you know. And I always say like to myself, I'm like it's okay that I woke up today and I was like, nope, that's not the direction I want to do anymore. And that's okay. I don't have to be that Carolyn from 10 years old or 10 years ago because 10 years of life have happened and that changes you and you can decide, okay, no, well, I, maybe I I really thought I would want to do this, but this is not where my heart is right now. And it's okay to change your mind and want to do that. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So have you been on, have you seen on TikTok, have you seen that whole, it's kind of this subculture called the trad movement? Have, have you seen, not. How have me. you not even gotten on that? <laughs> it, it fascinates me, but yeah, there's this whole like subculture of women who, you know, have either given up their careers and gone completely traditional, you know, and, um, very 1950s a couple of them you know wear the dresses every day and 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 everything and oh, I love going through the comments whenever one of those videos pops up in my FYP I'm like and I'm heading straight to the comments <laughs> <laughs> because there's always people so angry at them for for doing that exactly there's so I don't understand the anger of it all I'm like if this makes them happy if it makes their husband happy if their kids are happy what issue do you have with it and that's my issue with other women it's like if you if you want to live your life this way you and your husband etc fine but why are you like there's no women who live the traditional life going and commenting like you're horrible you're horrible you're horrible for working why do the working women feel like they need to go and tell these stay-at-home moms who are like yeah my husband doesn't cook. I do all the cooking. I do all the kids running. I do all the laundry, you know, et cetera. Why do they feel the need to cut these women down? It makes me so angry because they've chosen something that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. So that's what the one thing I always love is I was like the whole, the whole drive behind the feminist movement was to give us the choice to decide, yes, I can go in the workforce. 
But because I choose to do a traditional, more traditional life, you're mad at me because I'm, I'm letting down all these feminists that fought for those rights. And I was like, I thought the whole point was to give us the right to choose what's best for our family. And I want to clarify this. If you are a 100% career-driven mother and your kids have a nanny and that works great for your family, I'm not, I'm no judgment here. No, that's near, great. Here neither. Do that. I have lots for of me, friends who live that life yeah, and they do it so well. And they're their kids are happy and yep. they're happy for me and my family. This was the decision we thought was best. Exactly. You know, but I, and I don't begrudge any of them that I'm not like, Oh my gosh, she's a terrible mom. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. No, if that's the way you're and your kids and you guys are happy with it, go for it. Yeah. I'm happy for you. But yeah, I do feel like sometimes the judgment for women that stay home is very, and it's the same whenever someone's like, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I stay home. Oh, that's it. Like, like it's such a letdown. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know the one that makes me super, super mad is the, that when a man treats a woman as a queen, when he, they're like, oh, he does this for me, he does that for me. They're like, oh, you go, great job, da, 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 da. Yeah, he should treat you that way. As soon as a woman treats her man super well and takes care of him with a very sacrificial love, they're like, well, what has he done for you? <laughs> and I'm like... Why does he have to do, why, why, why is that even a question? We don't question it the other way around. So why are you even asking that question? This makes her happy. It makes her happy to take care of him in a certain way. It makes her happy to take care of her kids in a certain way. So mm-hmm. why is it even an issue? Because there's a lot of angry people on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is it jealousy? Is it? I think sometimes it is. I think a so little too. Bit. Like there may be in a situation where they wish they could do that or something. So instead of looking inward, they lash out. Yeah. I really do think that. I think that um, sometimes women are, are, we're our own worst enemies. Oh, we are. Against Absolutely. each other. It's, it's not necessarily always the men tearing us down. So, I mean, you guys know, everybody knows that you post anything on the internet and it's going to be usually a lot of women in the comments coming at you, Yeah, you know, and that's always just baffles me. And I don't know why, like, it's the same way, like whenever you're getting ready to go out and you're doing your hair nice or putting makeup on and stuff like that. The old saying is you're not dressing up for other men. You're dressing up for women so they don't judge you. Yeah. And it really is the truth, I think, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women are bitches. <laughs> oh, they are. They are. They totally are. But it's just like this trend that you see. There's, you know, you get on angry woman TikTok, and there's all this talk about how men need to step it up, step it up. They need to do this. They need to do that, blah, 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 blah. But heaven forbid you say, well, maybe you need to step it up a little bit, too, in mm-hmm. some areas, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I know I need to. I try not to judge Nick in any certain way because, good Lord, I am not perfect. And there, I know there's areas he probably wishes I would step it up but he never says anything ever he's just accepting you know things and then just takes it as he just rolls with it you know and so I yeah women are so judgmental about other women mm-hmm. and their decisions yeah yeah I would yeah Tony <laughs> I'm not perfect by any means I could step it up in a lot of areas but Tony's the same way I but I also think it's a give and a take in a relationship yeah. I am who I am he is who he is we give and take there's different things that we probably both should step up a little bit but it's also not one of those where like hating each other yeah because, yeah because he leaves his dirty socks on the bedroom floor every day of his life <laughs> <laughs> That is who he is. And you know what? I stay home. That's like, you know what? You go out, you you stress and worry about all the money and how we're going to pay for everything. And I'll do the laundry. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. That week he was gone in Iowa, which I had stayed home because we had so much going on. But it was the little things that I depend on him to do. Like, so like we have a wood stove. It was super cold that week. So I was in charge of keeping the wood stove stocked. I don't know what I was doing wrong. The fire kept going out. Oh. So there I was at midnight one night oh. out there trying to get the fire started and going. 
And I was just like, oh my gosh, if Tony was here, he would have handled this. Yeah. I wouldn't have had to, you know, and it's the little things like that where you have that give and take that. You should have called Nick. He would have come over and done oh, it. Oh, I know he would have, but do you not know me at all? I know I'm the same way. I'm going to do it myself and figure it out. And you know I what? Know. I did. I got it going. <laughs> I'm, I might've called Tony in that instance and just been like, hey, can you come do this? I'm, I'm calling the girl card right here <laughs> and I'm not starting fires at midnight. <laughs> oh, and see, I'm just like, oh. I'm going to prove everybody wrong I know. I'm doing this. I know. And I hate that about me. I'm trying to I be do. better about that. And that's what, like, while ever, while he was gone, like, I depended on a lot more people than I normally do to help me, like, shuffling kids and stuff like that. And I felt terrible about it. But I kept reminding myself, I'm like, Carolyn, it takes a village. And you have a wonderful village. They would do anything for you just as you would do anything for them. Let them help you. Yeah. You know? But I just, I have a very hard time having, letting people help me. I'm the same way. Yeah, it is hard. It's just hard. It's super hard. I get that. I do. I do. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the decision. We're, we're going through that decision process right now. It'll be interesting the next time we podcast where it's ended up yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it's not a, so Oh, I read a book years ago and it was talking about like anxiety and when you get crippled by decisions, you know, so like perfect example, I was whenever Tony and I went to buy a new computer, I spent endless hours researching and stressing and worrying and worrying and worrying. And the quote in there is, if in five years from now, this is not going to affect your life, just pick something. It doesn't really matter. Just whatever. With something like this, this is going to affect things. Yeah. So you really have to weigh your decisions and say, okay, what what direction do I want my life to go in the next five years? What's what are my values? What's important to me? And and emotionally, you know, how yeah. it's affecting you if you if you want to be that way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that I've been the last few weeks. I know I don't want to be that person. Just stressed out constantly, constantly working no end to the task list just you know. I can tell you're stressed yeah now. I can tell there's been a shift a little bit so I I know you're stressed and I hate that for you I wish I could fix it for you I can't I can't even get it fixed myself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I yeah it's I know that so much of it too I I hate to say this I'm not ever one to blame things like on my childhood or mm-hmm. parents or you know any of that shit I'm kind of like just face it and move the hell on you know mm-hmm. but I know Financial stability has always been very, very important to me. I was a total farm kid from the 80s. My mom and dad talked finances at the supper table. I was a fourth grader with a stomach ache, you know, as as different, you know, financial terms, you know, were thrown around. Bankruptcy, selling this farm, should we do this, should we do that, you know, that type of thing. And so, yeah, I mean, like, I hate to be that person, but yeah, it's very, very, I'm very financially ability driven you know Mm -hmm. I I that's just who I am and so I there's that part of me that I'm like man I don't know if I you know I don't want to Nick's just like it'll be fine Kelly it'll be fine and I'm like but will it will it 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 (laughs) and I need to just listen to him I just need to listen to him and trust him so I have always been the same way as you were yeah like we had similar childhoods. Grew, yep. And yep. so I was always, I was going to make sure I had that nest egg yes. and whatever. And then a few years ago, Tony and I hit what I would call a financial rock bottom. And I was like, we're, we're done. I don't know what's going to happen. Like complete devastation. And we're fine. Yeah. And I always tell Tony, I was like, I think, I really think God was like, I'm going to bring you to your knees. Absolutely. Remind you who you need to trust and count on and show you that it, it all, it really does. It all works out and you figure it out. And so now Tony's like, Oh, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And I'm like, go for it. <laughs> it's fine. We'll figure it out. No big deal. <laughs> I've been in YOLO mode for five oh years my now. Gosh. <laughs> It's hysterical. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, don't get me wrong. Like we still, you know, we're not throwing money around by anything. We're still really conservative, but it's also one of those, I don't lay in bed at night worried about paying this bill or this bill. I'm just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And whatever happens, happens. So, yeah. 
And it really, like, and I, I always thought everybody when they told me that, I was like, you're full of it. That's never going to happen to me. But I, it did. <laughs> it did. It was one of the worst things that happened in our life, but one of the best things that happened yeah. to you. So. It is always a good lesson. It always is whenever you go through something like that. I'm trying to think of the Bible verse, and I just read it. Do the birds worry about oh what they're going to eat? Gosh. Is it an exodus? This exodus? No, but you know what? You say that, and I just came across the most amazing artist on Etsy who has a sketch of that, and it's like Jesus and a couple of people standing on a hill, and the birds are flying up from his hand, and it's all in black and white, and I was it's just beautiful. It's just beautifully done. It's like this minimalist sketch, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like that before anything and I'm my sister Kim has been going through breast cancer and I was like I'm gonna buy that for Kim I'm gonna Mm -hmm. buy it I'm gonna have it framed and send it to her and oh yeah it's it's gorgeous and so yeah I know I know it's so funny you bring that up because I saw that and I'm like oh my gosh that's one of the most beautiful (laughs) things I've ever seen (laughs) it's not from China is it (laughs) no no the the artist is here in the United States and um, the reason I say that is do you remember that picture I ordered of Jesus coming out of the water and it was like this beautiful canvas and then I got it and it's like a poster and I was like well that's not at all what I ordered yes no no I know yeah this artist has like several like when Jesus leaves the 99 to get the one and Mm -hmm. it's it's all these it's the 99 sheep and it shows it shows him running after one and and it's just beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to have an entire wall in my house of every sketch this artist has done. That sounds absolutely beautiful. It is. It, they're amazing. The, there's Noah's Ark and, and all of them. I'll have to show them to you. They're I, great. So I have been, one of my goals this year was to reread the Bible. And so I've been making my way through it. And like, I have a devotional book that comes with it. So like, I've read Genesis and Exodus, but now they've now I'm doing Matthew. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, in Matthew is whenever Jesus does a lot of miracles. And so it's talking about when he fed the 5,000 yes. with the five loaves and two fish. That's one of them, too. Is it really? <laughs> yes. yes. And I always think about that. And I'm like, he will provide. Yes. He does. Yes. He did it twice in the Bible with five loaves and two fish. He does provide, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't. Now I can't wait to show these to you because you're going to absolutely. Oh my gosh, (laughs) they're just amazing. They're just amazing. And so, yeah, I was going to buy that one for Kim and have it framed and send it to her to remind her that he takes care of the birds. He's going to take care of this. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I think that in this day and age, um, when you're when there is so much information coming to you all times, it's super easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah. And I get overwhelmed. I'm still worried and I'm anxious. But I just got to keep reminding myself of that. Well, and I think specifically in America, too, we're in such a culture of individualism and self-dependence. Mm-hmm. Like, we depend on ourselves. It's just work harder, work harder, work harder, et cetera. And at the end of the day, I do think you need to work hard. You know, you just can't sit there and wait for it to all come for Absolutely. you. You know, what was it? Dave Ramsey's quote? He's like, work like it's all up to you and pray like it's all up to God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's that aspect of you do have to work. But I think that we com- do completely forget that God is in control. Mm-hmm. I think we just, you get so caught up in the, oh, what's the word I want to use? The dog eat dog world of life. And hustle. The, the hustle. The hustle of yeah. it. And you you can get focused on making that next buck and how can I make more and how can I do this? And I'm the same way. Like, of course, you should work hard and, you know, provide for your family and stuff like that. But sometimes we get so hung up on that. Like you said, we just forget, like, yeah. hey, take a breath. You know, yeah. you don't need to work 10 jobs and have a million dollar mansion and this and this to have a good life. Yeah. You know, you can still have a good life and live in a 1500 square foot house yeah absolutely <laughs> Which is huge i know for some people <laughs> I know, I know. that's i'm gonna tell you this little story so when colby was younger and used to take horseback riding lessons there was this wonderful woman who was sweet sweden or switzerland i think sweden she was from sweden originally but anyway um 
she she gave lessons, uh, some lessons to Colby, and I just love to hear her stories. And she said that her brother came from Sweden with his family, his wife and three kids, and they come and visit her in her house in St. Louis. And they're like, Lotta, look at you with your big American house. And she's like, it's 1,100 square feet and two bedrooms. And they were like, look at you with your McMansion. <laughs> Because just the standard, you know, of house sizes here versus in, you know, an old world, you know, country like Sweden, you know, it was just so funny. They're like, look at you living it up. <laughs> I know. And everybody that would be like, eh, medium. Yeah. Yeah. She's medium. like, this is, this is pretty like below average, you know? So and I'm terrible at guessing square footage, but my grandpa's, grandma's house is, I would say, Maybe 800 square feet, honestly. Yeah. They had four kids. Yeah. And one bathroom. Yep. And that was it. And like the all four kids shared a bedroom and there was three girls and a boy. And I always think about that, like, cause I feel like our house is just huge compared to that, you know, and my kids are squabbling about having to share a room, but we have a huge basement for playroom and stuff like that. And I'm like, you guys have no idea. Exactly. No exactly. Idea. No, same thing. But we're so used to those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that is one of the big challenges of today is like you and I having the childhoods that we had living in these old farmhouses mm -hmm. with no insulation and, you know, just you could see your hair move with the breeze blowing uh -huh. through the house in the winter, you know, and then yet, how do you, because we have more means, give your kids more, but still raise them with that same level of humility and the work ethic and the, you know, I think it's hard. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. I struggle with that every single day. Oh yeah. It's super hard. Like, Cause on the one hand, I don't, I don't want them to have those struggles, but on the other hand, I do because I think a lot of growing up the way I did created a lot of the good things about yes. me, the way that I am so appreciative and grateful for the things I yes. have. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the happy medium is. So, so I made them chop wood today so, and that's great. And they hated me. So <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> Actually, Tony made them chop wood. So they hated Tony. <laughs> I did go out and help though. <laughs> That's great. It was a nice day to do it. It was so warm. Mm. Today was the day where I was like, spring, come yes. any day now. I'm ready. I know. I'm, I'm done. I know. Yeah. Ready to garden. Yep. Ask me again in August. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah. Well, well this, was, this was way more serious than our last one. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I also think that there's probably a lot of our listeners that have these same struggles yeah. and fill the pool between both ways and sometimes it's nice to know you're not standing alone on that no I think I think it's yeah I mean it's a I think it's something that we're all dealing with and you know I'm just thankful that you know we have that we live in a country where we have options I'm, I'm happy that within my marriage I have options I'm I'm you know can't say enough that I'm so thankful for Nick who's just like we're going to do whatever's great for our family and that, you know, makes us mm -hmm. happy and, you know, instead of miserable and angry and stressed and not able to be present. And so, yeah, it's for all of you listening that, you know, are going through it. I feel for you because, gosh, we're there right now. Big time. Oh. Well, before I start, have another moment and have to shut off the microphone because I tear <laughs> up again. Good Lord. Am I, I need to look at the calendar. What day of the month is this? Are we getting close to freaking emotional week of the month? Shark week. Shark week. That's what I call it. Yeah. The th good thing is, Kelly, like if you're me, it's always like that. <laughs> That's it. I have a sister and I am not going to name names. She knows who she is. And we joke around that there's two days of the month that she is not like pre-period stressing, post-period stressing. You know, she'll be like, I am 10 days away from my period. I cannot take this today. It's going to make me cry. I am three <laughs> days after my period. I cannot take this today. And we're like, is this one of the two days that we can tell you some stressful news and it's not going to make you cry? You know, she's like on the hormone roller coaster, 28 out of 31 days a month. <laughs> I'm not even going to blame it on that. I'm just, a, I'm just emotional. I took Henry to town Saturday to open a checking account and we were on our way home and I was like, promise me whenever you move out, you're still going to call me. And he's like, 
And he's like giving me this side eye. And I was like, just promise me and you'll come see me sometimes. And he was like, yes, mom. And I was like, I only have four more years with you. I know. That's it. And like, I started bawling on the way home because I opened him a checking account. And he looked over and he goes, you're crying, aren't you? And I said, yes, yes, I yes. am. <laughs> well, at the volleyball game the other day, one of the other moms was asking, so where are you guys taking off, you know, from today? Like, where are you going after this tournament? And I'm like, oh, Nick's heading to Indianapolis. And she's like, I don't know how you guys do it and I said I'm not gonna lie I dread it you know I don't want to go spend a whole weekend out of town sitting in a gym but I said I had this epiphany that 10 years from now I would probably do anything to spend the weekend with my daughter away somewhere Mm -hmm. and so I just have to look at it that way and she starts crying and she's (laughs) like she has older kids and she's like you're right you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right yep that's what I always tell Tony like Oh, it's just, sometimes it's just such chaos. And I'm like, we're going to blink and it's going to be so quiet. Yep. I'm going to be able to sit and drink coffee all day and read my books yep. in peace. And no one's going to come bother me because they have a hangnail or whatever. I'll come is. bother you. <laughs> I'll come with coffee and my own book. And we'll just sit on opposite ends of the living room reading in each other's company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it is one of those. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to negate the stress of having kids and how hard it is sometimes and I get it but it's also I think as Henry gets older and I know we're approaching that time it has made me pause so much more and I'm like okay you need to appreciate this because you only have I only have basically four more vacations with him yeah four more years where he's going to be down the hallway and then that's it okay but here's the thing that I'm I drill into my kids (laughs) and you're in the same situation we both own, we both live on like 20, 25 acres. I tell mm-hmm. my kids all the time, this will be a good place mm-hmm. for you to build your own house <laughs> or, or you can have my house and I'll just build a small little house over here and, you know, we'll just, we'll just put a pool in and we'll all three families share a pool <laughs> and all that, you know, there's, they're still young enough where they're like, yeah, that would that would be great. You know, I know in about five years, they're going to be like, screw off I'm not living anywhere near you (laughs) so Cora's young enough she has a plan she's gonna get married and she wants to work full-time and she wants her husband to work full-time and she wants me to babysit her kids and she was like and I'd really like it she's like I don't want to live in this house mom I want to live like you know close and I'm like I'm all for that yeah yep I was like bring them over I was like I'll be the best grandma in the entire world yeah and Josie's flat out for me she's not getting a job she's not getting a career she's staying home for the rest of her life and I was like so I mean so basically Henry's probably the only one that's going to move out anytime soon <laughs> that's it'll be great it's going to be fine i love josie love it i'm, I'm not leaving like, you i'm like what do you want to do when you grow up she's nothing and i'm like well don't you want to have a job no i'm staying here with you and daddy <laughs> i remember when colby watched one of the toy stories when she was super little she's like mama what's college and i'm like it is a school after high school that you go to and you live there and she goes I'm not ever going to college. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to college. <laughs> I'm like, now she's like, I like counting down the days till she can leave. No. <laughs> no. That makes me sad. It'll be fine. It's going to, it's going to, I just tell myself that a hundred times a day. It's going to be fine. 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 It is. It's going to be fine. So. Okay. All right. Yes. We better wrap this up. So, well, thank you guys for listening. I, I hope you were as entertained by this one as the last one. <laughs> Leah, let us know if we need to lighten it up next time, since this one was a little bit of a heavier topic than farts going up the front of your underwear. So have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.